Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And cross your fingers, everyone, as we're on our third computer and as many streams, but this is the one that has to last. So I think it's going to work. We've tested it, but we tested the other computers as well. Hopefully there are no problems in this one, but if there are, I apologize in advance. Now, today we're going to talk about Sony and we're going to talk about Bungie, which have both been frequent visitors in virtual legality, but this time for a somewhat different reason than prior occurrences. So let's talk about it. IGN put out an article this week entitled Bungie Devs Say Atmosphere is Soul-Crushing Amid Layoffs, Cuts, and Fear of Total Sony Takeover. And Destin Legary, who works at IGN, also put out a tweet that said Bungie seems to be on the precipice of a hostile takeover by Sony. If they fail to meet targets, Sony will take over the board and run the company instead of Bungie. This is a must-read for Destiny fans. And then he says fix it because he crossed out the word hostile for hostile takeover after a number of people online said that's not what is happening here. And it's not, but certainly colloquially, we can understand why people would take what we're going to talk about in this article as being hostile from Sony. I would argue that this is, in fact, Sony being nice to Bungie at the moment of acquisition and not so much a hostile takeover right now. But we'll talk about that when we get to it in this article. So. Bungie devs say atmosphere is soul-crushing. Not great. You don't want to hear that about a game company that makes one of your favorite games, potentially. And if you don't know Bungie, they are the makers of Halo. That's really what their most popular project was. Before that, they made games called Marathon and Myth. And they're working on a Marathon revival right now and are now owned by Sony after Sony spent $3.6 billion purchasing them a few years back. Now... One month after a major round of layoffs impacted roughly 100 Bungie employees of 1,200, those remaining at the Destiny developers say the cuts, as well as other cost-cutting measures, came alongside an apparent scramble by studio leadership to avoid a total Sony takeover. As it currently stands, Bungie is, on paper, a fully independent subsidiary of Sony. Now, we talked about this when we went over the original deal, and you can check out those videos, both linked in the description and as part of this channel in general. I might make a playlist about Bungie at this point, but we'll see. Um, and I want to talk about the fact that when this deal was announced, Bungie was stated to be an independent subsidiary, and it's described as such here in IGM. Ind independent subsidiary is a little bit like independent vassal state of the USSR or something along those lines, right? You're not really independent. You're owned by someone else. Sony can still pull strings as to what it wants you to do, because it spent $3.6 billion to make sure it could pull those strings. But apparently, as part of the negotiations, Bungie wanted to maintain independence, and they received that independence as a function of their giving their institutional knowledge on live service video games to Sony. And we went over that in both those videos I just highlighted. But as it stands right now, they're worried about losing their independence because, well, we'll see. Its board of directors has been divided since the takeover in July of 2022. Among its current members are PlayStation Studios head Herman Holst, Sony Senior VP Eric Lempel, Bungie co-founder Jason Jones, Bungie CTO Louis Villegas, and Bungie CEO Pete Parsons. And I apologize for any pronunciations there. The board as a whole is split between Sony and Bungie representatives. So when Sony buys Bungie, one of the things that happens is that Sony puts in half the board on its own people. 
right? So when you talk about a board of directors, you can have folks that are invested in the company itself, either in equity terms or just in financial terms. And you can have independent directors. In this case, Sony comes in, they roll in, they give half of the board to themselves, they give half of the board to Bungie. And then the tying vote is given to the CEO of Bungie, Pete Parsons, which means that as we would usually think of it from a legal perspective, Bungie is within Bungie's own control. The, the Sony acquisition didn't take over the board. Speaking to IGN under condition of anonymity, multiple current and former Bungie employees described a department meeting that took place shortly after the layoffs in which leaders hinted that this shared power may not last forever. In fact, I would never guarantee that anything lasts forever. While the exact details of Sony's deal to acquire Bungie remain unknown to the public or employees, and that's how these deals work, we get a lot of the 30,000-foot view perspective. We don't get a lot of the nitty-gritty, the minutiae. Sources say, and this is all an anonymously sourced article, so take it with the grain of salt that it deserves, but IGN is going to have some pretty good sources at employee level at Bungie and other places like it. Sources say they were told by leaders that the current split board structure is contingent on Bungie meeting certain financial goals. If Bungie falls short of fi certain financial thresholds by too great an amount, Sony is allowed to dissolve the existing board and take full control of the company. Now, this is where I really want to focus this video. I want to talk a little bit about this. One, because this is a game of telephone, because this is coming from employees that are not sitting in the business meetings to, to actually go over this deal or describe the specifics of what this deal means, we're getting even not a 30,000 foot view, but maybe a 100,000 foot view of what's actually happening here. And there's nothing wrong with the way IGN describes this, except that they are a little overly dramatic in places like use of the word dissolve. But we have to understand that these employees aren't gonna be told every little thing about what's happening at Bungie either. That said, when Sony comes in and buys Bungie, the ordinary way that you would acquire a company and take control is that you would spend the money, you would take over the board of directors, and then very often in a creative endeavor like buying a video game company, you would say, here's the amount of money that we owe you, but we don't know how good your products are going to do over the course of a certain period of time after this deal. And so we're going to give you what we call earnouts, which is portions of money for hitting financial goals over the course of time after we purchase you, right? If Destiny 2 suddenly becomes the most popular game on the planet, we don't want you to feel bad having sold to us before that happened. And if that does happen, then we owe you more money. And that's how these deals usually happen. This actually happened a little bit in reverse by the sound of things, which is to say Sony doesn't take over the board. Sony leaves independence with Bungie, but then says, if you don't hit certain financial goals as an independent entity, we are going to be interested in taking full control of the company because you get a chance to prove that you can run this ship independently and make the money that you've promised us. But if you can't, then we get to take control and make some changes around here. And so... Even though this is going to be described as soul crushing and Sony coming in and threatening a takeover, I would argue that this is in fact Sony giving Bungie the chance to run their own ship, to steer their own destiny, so to speak, and them failing to do so in a way that met the thresholds that they would have negotiated and set themselves is essentially Bungie failing. And so part of this conversation is who's to blame, whether it's Sony, whether it's Bungie, you've got a lot of voices out there on the internet. And I think it's important to look at this and say, Sony gave them the chance to run things and then the Lightfall DLC came out, didn't make the money that they expected. And then Final Shape has been pushed back to the middle of next year. Uh, and with Destiny 2 expansion, the Final Shape de delayed until the next fiscal year. Bungie still heavily investing in the Marathon reboot. Many employees understand that Bungie is struggling to meet the necessary targets to keep its last vestige of freedom. 
Such a takeover wouldn't necessarily be shocking given its 2022 acquisition, but it would nevertheless be a stunning development for a company that has historically prided itself on its independence. And so when we look at this, I think it's important to note that Sony gave them this chance and that Bungie is effectively failing to meet whatever targets it hit. Now, that doesn't mean that those targets aren't ridiculous, right? We can't see the specifics of what those are. So that's a negotiated position. Sony and Bungie could have said, okay, it has to make X amount of dollars and it's a totally reasonable number and Bungie expects to hit it and it's no problem and we move forward from there. Sony could have hit, put a threshold that was super high and Bungie was optimistic, but they were never going to hit it. And Sony knew that they were going to take over in a couple of years. We don't know the specifics of what that looks like. It very much depends on what that number was set at, but it looks like Bungie's having problems hitting it. And now Bungie leadership is effectively clawing on to their own power base by laying off people and we'll see getting rid of perks and things at the company in a way that I don't think is terribly attractive either to future employees or to fans of their games right now in that Sony taking over Bungie isn't the end of the world for video gamers or even their employees. It is kind of the end of the world for Bungie management, which is why you see Bungie management taking these steps. Ordinarily in that first earnout type deal that I talked about as part of this video, you would have protections from the acquirer to the target company saying, we won't do X, Y, or Z to move these numbers around so that you don't hit your earnout. It seems to me like the opposite should have happened here where Sony had some control over getting rid of huge amounts of employees and changing things like perks and doing other things like that so that they could take control if Bungie were effectively artificially keeping their numbers up. I don't know whether that has happened or not, but if Bungie is violating the, the good faith agreement within their deal, you would expect a lawsuit at some point over all of this. So we'll see. Sony is not a company to mess around with. Neither is Bungie. Bungie is a very litigious company. So we'll see what happens there. But overall, what I wanted to impress upon people was that this is a deal that took place a few years ago. Sony gave Bungie the chance to run the company themselves. And this is essentially the failure of a condition within that contract, as described anonymously in this IGN article, and isn't, as Destin describes it, a hostile takeover. In fact, this is a takeover, if it happens, that was made on the most non-hostile terms. Sony could have taken the board when it made the deal offer. Bungie didn't want that. Sony agreed to give certain board independence for a time, and that leads us to today. Now, I also want to talk about the word dissolve. If Bungie falls short of certain financial thresholds by too great an amount, Sony is allowed to dissolve the existing board and take full control of the company. Now, again, accounting for the fact that we're getting this through a couple of layers of communication, that too great an amount is interesting because ordinarily you just say, if you don't hit your financial threshold, if you don't hit your milestone number, then X happens. Sony can take control of the board. By too great an amount suggests to me that there are multiple layers to the way that they have structured this so that you have a failure to hit your milestones might have something bad happen, but we don't take over the board and then fail to meet them by a lot. And then we take over the board and we're in that a lot danger area. So that's interesting in and of itself. That again, speaks to me from a corporate law perspective of Sony giving Bungie every chance to hit certain thresholds to make their company work. Sony is allowed to dissolve the existing board and take full control of the company. To me is designed as an article writer to sound like Emperor Palpatine coming in and dissolving the Imperial Senate in Star Wars and sound like a really author authoritative, autocratic, totalitarian as assumption of control over a company like Bungie. 
in in a corporate setting, you don't dissolve the existing board, really. You don't dissolve the board. Every corporation has a board. You simply have the existing board members that you don't want on there resign, and you replace them with your own people. In a subsidiary parent relationship, you could have something that looks a little bit like dissolving the board, where you just replace the board with your own board and say, effectively, the Sony board is the bungee board now. And that might be what is attempting to be described here, but it really isn't this kind of uh, the emperor walks in and dissolves the board and takes full control like you're in Mass Effect or something like that. It's really more of a corporate ability to change out the board members for who you want. And again, Sony is the 100% owner of the equity of the company. So absent this contract, they always had the ability to control who's on the board. So if this contract is otherwise met so that they can assume that control as is theirs by right, that's just what happens here. And it's not really a hostile takeover as much as it's just Sony exerting its authority under the contract that it agreed to with Bungie. Now, I do want to highlight what a hostile takeover is for folks because Destin asked me this question separately in DMs, and I think it's important. Hostile takeover is a fun phrase, right? People like it because it's dramatic. That's why Destin used it. That's why folks use it colloquially all the time. And it certainly feels like Bungie doesn't want to be owned by Sony or doesn't want to be controlled by Sony, certainly. They want the $3.6 billion. They don't want to give up control, which was always an interesting thing that Sony had given them. Uh, but now it's even more interesting as they kind of clamor for that control. Here, Bungie doesn't want to give up that control, but that doesn't make the deal hostile. A hostile takeover is essentially when a company comes in and says, we want to buy you. And the board says, no, we don't want to be sold. And you say, okay, well, you don't actually own this company. The shareholders own the company. We're going to go straight to the shareholders without you, board of directors. And that's a hostile takeover. This is the management agreed to the sale, thought it could meet the conditions that it agreed to with Sony, is not meeting those conditions and is now worried about the ramifications of that, which can be read as hostile in a colloquial sense, but isn't legally hostile in any sense at all. So I wanted to frame that properly to you as I did to Destin in DMs, because I think that's an important part of this is you do get kind of overly dramatic readings of some of these events from folks. And I'm not saying anything bad about this IGN article. I think this is important news breaking stuff. It's just that we can look at it critically like we would do in a Hangouts and Headlines and say, look, this is anonymously sourced. This is anonymously sourced by employees that wouldn't be privy to a lot of the information that we would need to be certain of some of these things. And so we have to interpret it at that level. Many employees understand that Bungie is struggling to meet the necessary targets to keep its last vestiges of freedom. And it was a it was this threat looming that Bungie leadership, not Sony, according to Parsons, made the choice to lay off roughly 100 employees last month. So again, you can see this happening behind the scenes, right? Bungie isn't hitting its numbers. They're looking at the thresholds in the contract and they say, we got to cut costs. And so they lay off hundred employees. Now in an earnout scenario, the opposite way where Sony would own more money if Bungie were massively exceeding what we would expect them to, to make, you would expect Bungie to have asked Sony to not cut departments, to not change the operations of the company materially from what it was being sold as so that Sony couldn't do things to prevent that earnout from being earned. In this case, it either looks like Sony doesn't have the appropriate protections, they didn't think that Bungie would take these steps, or they're not concerned about these steps being taken. The cost cutting at Bungie isn't limited to just personnel. Multiple current employees confirmed to IGN that the company has implemented numerous other cost cutting measures recently, including a studio-wide hiring freeze, reduced travel budgets, elimination of holiday bonuses, keeping its annual Bungie Day virtual, delaying its week-long company pentathlon event to next December, 
and reducing numerous morale events such as cooking and knitting classes from monthly to quarterly. I do love tech companies because they have these kinds of things. Never had these in a law firm. Bungie is also pausing or fully ending benefits like annual employee compensation adjustments to meet market rates. That's a bummer, especially this year. It's new hire lunch program. And I highlighted that because we did have one of those at the law firms and it was the marker of when financials weren't going so well. For us low down associates on law firm scale, when they canceled new, new hire lunch programs, it, it meant to us that we were running out of money or we were having a bad or down year. And if you're not familiar with the new hire lunch program, it's essentially you can take out new people to lunch for free or more specifically on the dime of the company in order to encourage new hires to get to know people within their operating sphere. And so when they cancel that, that's deemed very important by at least the law firms that I worked at. And that meant that things were really bad. Employee donation matching, it's peer recognition program and gift cards for employee birthdays. And yearly studio performance bonuses this year will only be the contractually obligated 80% minimum after being above 100% for good performance several previous years running. 80% bonus isn't bad, gotta say. Along with the recent layoffs, this has resulted in a massive decay in morale within the company. And I want to talk about that as well, because I think that's undoubtedly true. And they've got these sources that are saying this. I don't know that that's attached to anything specific, even the layoffs. To me, morale always falls at companies in a corporate setting when you have uncertainty, when you don't know what the future holds and the company is not telling you that they've righted the ship or that they're going in a specific direction and they're keeping open all of their options, which we will see in this paragraph. It doesn't sound like management is making any significant efforts towards improving the atmosphere either. A surprise, uh, according to those still within the company, employee frustration and sadness was met with a surprising amount of indifference or even outright flippancy or hostility from management. Several people we spoke to told us that leaders had reiterated across multiple meetings that they couldn't guarantee there wouldn't be more layoffs, with two specifically confirming previous reports that Chief People Officer Holly Barbakovi outright stating that layoffs were a lever the company would pull again. Yeah, if they need to hit their numbers. Others said they were rebuffed repeatedly and discouraged from even discussing the layoffs whenever they tried to ask questions. Employees in one department recalled a post-layoffs question and answer session where a department head was asked if leadership taking salary cuts to prevent layoffs had been considered, only to respond that Bungie was not that type of company. Now, since that response doesn't make any sense to me in this context, I'm actually of the belief that this is probably being reframed a little bit by whoever IGN's source is, and that when you talk about reducing leadership salary to prevent layoffs, in general, you have to talk about massive reductions to mean even one salary. And we're talking about hundreds of people being laid off at Bungie, which isn't good. And we can be uh, uh, and feel sorry for the people that lost their jobs at Bungie. But when we talk about these things as being specifically related to a number that can be reduced from leadership, it's not going to make sense in most mathematical equations because a given employee is worth a lot more even than their salary, just with the perks we described, but also with things like health benefits. And so you really have to talk about a lot of money coming off the top. And maybe their, maybe their management is way overpaid and should be thinking about cuts to make those layoffs less painful. But would they say that they're not that type of company to consider leadership reductions? I don't, I don't think so. Maybe. I mean, maybe they're just the biggest assholes in history in the management room, even bigger assholes than a large law firm. But it seems unlikely. I think it more likely that what was said was we're not the kind of company to take layoffs, uh, not seriously. And of course, all options are considered that kind of thing. And that got relayed because this phrase was used as part of that answer to IGN and made to look 
bad for Bungie. So again, I think Sony is the wrong party to blame. I think Bungie is the right party to blame, but I doubt they are this kind of mustache twirling evil villain that IGN describes in this paragraph. And if I'm wrong there, I'm, I'm wrong there. And honestly, they deserve all the vitriol they're getting if they say this kind of thing behind closed doors. What's more, sources we spoke to pointed out that many of the Bungie employees who were laid off were beloved community leaders within the studio, including many who had spearheaded employee inclusion and support efforts. Several people we spoke to expressed anger at the layoff of Bungie General Counsel Don McGowan, who played a key role in Bungie winning in a historic suit against a player who harassed a Bungie developer. Others laid off included a noticeable number of members of Bungie's DE&I clubs, diversity, equity, and inclusion, including co-heads of Pride at Bungie, women at Bungie, and accessibility at Bungie. And here's one of the kind of dirty, open secrets of corporate life, folks, right, is that if you aren't directly related to the production of widgets that make your company money, you are going to be pretty high on the chopping block list of people they want to get rid of if they need to cost cut for basically any reason. In this case, to maintain power over their parent company coming in and taking over the board. But however you might see it, when you talk about your DE&I clubs, when you talk even about general counsel, uh, those are folks that don't make destiny. Right. And there's a lot of arguments in the video game community about what a developer is. And all these people go to making a product that goes out into the market, but they don't directly make the game we're talking about. Those are going to be the first on the gangplank and when it comes to it. And so I feel bad for all these people, of course. And certainly we've talked a lot about Bungie's lawsuits. They're a very litigious company or have been historically in the past. Uh, but it doesn't surprise me that General Counsel and a bunch of these folks were wound up getting fired first before people that make the game itself. So it's all part and parcel to a conversation we have in this space and other spaces on YouTube about what these folks mean to a company, what developers are. Uh, and while I feel bad for that, it doesn't surprise me at all that those are the folks that, that were cut loose from Bungie. I'm angry, I'm upset. This isn't what I came here to do, one person said. It feels like many higher ups aren't listening to the data and are like, we just need to win our fans back. They still like us. No, they don't. We got rid of some of our most knowledgeable, beloved folks who have been here for 20 plus years. Every day I walk in afraid that I or my friends are next. No one is safe. And there's that uncertainty, I think, which really frames morale problems at any company, video game or otherwise. Another anxiety source discussed with us that many of the reductions made at Bungie recently were part of a broader move towards outsourcing. And we're going to skip most of this, but this is QA moving out and a bunch of other things moving out of Bungie. Given their recent actions, the question of whether or not Sony will finally manage to swallow Bungie whole in a few months seem less and less important than the question of what Bungie's current management will do to lead the company forward today. And I don't agree with that summary at the end. I think, honestly, what happens in the future with respect to Sony's ownership is the most important part about what Bungie looks like tomorrow, because Sony taking over is going to run Bungie differently than Bungie is being run today. That's part of this story. And honestly, I think Getting certainty, whether that's Bungie management figuring things out or Sony coming in, taking over and saying what direction they're going to go, is going to do a lot to improve morale at this company. But what I wanted to talk about in this video was the fact that this isn't a hostile takeover. I wanted to talk about the contract conditions that we mentioned. And now, hopefully, I've covered what I thought was important here. If you've got questions or comments, please do let me know. I'm going to talk about them with you right now. I didn't have the cards ready to put up to remind myself to do things like hit Super Chat, so I'll remind myself by voice right now, um, and then we can talk about whatever it is you wanna talk about. First though, Britt, thank you so much for the Super Chat. As I've said in the past, if you like this content, 
I really am dependent on support from viewers and listeners like you. We've got links in the description to both the player and the Patreon accounts. Please do check those out. And if you want, consider Super Chats. Otherwise, liking, subscribing, sharing this video around, telling folks that we're having conversations about business and law and video games, technology, and pop culture. All of that helps, lets YouTube know that you like this stuff. And Britt, but Mr. Hogue, remember when everyone said Sony will not take over, we promise? I said, if I give you $3.6 billion, I will get a say in your company, LOL. I do remember that, right? And I talked about it in that video that Sony saying that this was independent was at least a little bit illusory. And it was interesting to me that the video game industry itself, which has gone through a number of acquisitions, which knows what it's like to have an acquirer come in and take over their website or whatever it is that they're reporting on, didn't actually mention so much the fact that they can call it independent, but if your daddy company is sitting on your board halfway and having all these conversations, even if you finally get to win those votes, that is a change in the way that you operate your business. And nobody really mentioned that. And I think that what you're seeing is those coming home to roost a little bit with these stories today. And I think the bummer of that is, is that management and the people that own equity in Bungie who made these billions of dollars are not going to be the ones that are the most affected by these kinds of things. So I understand when people come into virtual legality or comment sections on an IGN article or otherwise and say, oh, you know, bad corporations doing these things. I do think that that's happening. And I think that the unfortunate victims of that are the lowest rung on the bungee totem pole. But I think that at the end of the day, we have to look at this as a corporate transaction that isn't really going the way anybody wanted. Sony hasn't gotten that live service game out yet, and we'll see if they do because Jim Ryan, their CEO, has left. Bungie hasn't gotten Destiny 2 back on track, and we'll see if they do with Final Shape, although I'm not holding out my hope for that. And if both Sony and Bungie don't meet their goals, then everybody loses, right? We want good games. We want good media. We want good culture for us who enjoy these things, and we want people to feel safe and happy in the environment that they are in making these things for us. So... Unfortunately, this is a story with losers all around, but I want to make sure that as best I can, people have the best information they can about what this actually means. And so I think it's wrong to blame Sony. Certainly, this is a bungee thing. And Sony is not threatening a takeover in a hostile manner. This is what was negotiated years ago. Thank you so much, Britt. HP, thank you so much for the super chat. Any strong opinions on last night's Game Awards? Yes, I have a lot of strong opinions on last night's Game Awards. If you're interested, please do check out my Twitter. Or I saw somebody say the, the service formerly known as Twitter is the best way to refer to it in the chat earlier today. I think I like that. Um, check that out. I did a whole thread of thoughts on the Game Awards as they happen. But my biggest thought is it's ridiculous to have a hard music cutoff of 30 seconds on things like best direction, best narrative, best game even, when you're going to have 15-minute marketing discussions of a game like Hideo Kojima's OD that doesn't even have any footage or concept of what it is yet. And I understand celebrating people like Hideo Kojima that are friends of Jeff and, and things like that, but if we're there to celebrate games in what is, if not the best year in gaming history, close to it in 2023... We should let the people that made those games talk and that what the Game Awards represented last night is a part of the story we're talking about today with things like Bungie and Sony, which is that there's a section of covering video games. There's a section of even the people that enjoy video games that are more interested in star power, more interested in what's next than in celebrating the people that make these things for us. And I think that's a shame.
Uncivil Law, Kurt says, we love Hogue with a cowboy hat emoji. Thank you, Kurt. I really appreciate that. That's nice of you to say. Thank you for the super chat. And speaking of folks that have been on this channel, here's Law & Lumber with an announcement this week, as I understand it. So congratulations to Rob at Law & Lumber. Thank you so much for gifting the 10 Hogue Law memberships. I really appreciate that, and that helps make the channel possible. So thank you so, so much. All right. Now, I think those are the super chats. If you have a question, you can label it at Hoglaw. I tend to see those the best. Um, if you have a question you want to label as a super chat, I will see those definitely. And if you want to just use the letter Q, I will see those sometimes. But I will try to catch these as they come in. I will do my best. Uh, Marissa says, congrats, Lawn Lumber, on the engagement. That's right. The announcement this week. Lawn Lumber, my friend Rob got engaged. I'm so excited for him. That is awesome. Uh, and I... Uh, I'm thankful that all of his community and his chat is uh, welcoming of that announcement as well. I think that's great. Britt, thank you for another super chat. I really want to know what the money was in the deal for retention. From what I can gather, it was buying private stock from leadership, not from the frontline people. So, I mean, retention is only ever going to last a certain amount of time. So I don't think anything about this, the layoffs happening here in 2023, is surprising for what that retention probably would have been about a year. But I do think it was primarily a combination of the purchase price and purchasing from an employee owned company. And I talked about that in one of the videos that you can see linked in the description as well. And it was about 1.2 billion. They said it was about a third of the $3.6 billion price. And I suspect Bungie wanted that number put up there with the retention and the purchase price to make themselves look better, right? They, they wanted 3.6 billion as a better number than 2.4. And so they asked for it to be reported that way. That was the press release that they agreed to. But it did confuse a lot of folks when reporting on this particular deal that the, the actual purchase price of Bungie was somewhere between 2.4 and 3.6. And it's a little unclear to the outside world what that number was. Skew, Hoglaw, thoughts on Christopher Judge throwing shade at Call of Duty campaign length? Well, I, I don't think it was Christopher Judge throwing that shade. I think that was a scripted quip. If you weren't there watching last night, Christopher Judge, who famously made an eight-minute plus, seemed like 40-minute speech last year, which is probably why we had the hard 30-second cutoff on important speeches and people dedicating their awards to lost team members and things like that that just felt awful last night. But... I don't like them having quips at the expense of specific video games. I like quips that are more generalized about video games. But, I mean, the Call of Duty campaign did come in really short, and Christopher Judge's speech did come in really long, so I understand why that joke was made. I don't love it in that context, but I don't like a lot of what happened in the award show regarding celebrating video games in the industry last night. I don't think that happened, and that's that's sad. East-West, Hoglock, can you talk about any legal implications for laying off staff that haven't received their funds for any company ownership stock? Well, the legal implications are to the extent that they are owed money for selling to Sony as part of the acquisition, they should receive that money. It shouldn't matter whether or not they're employees at the time. Uh, so I don't think there should be legal implications, but we haven't heard of any notion that people that had equity in the company that were selling it to Sony didn't get paid. So I don't know that that's a problem. If it is, if you're hearing something else, then lawsuits are always an option. If you're owed money and you don't get it, that's what the lawsuit land is for, really. Uh, but I don't think there are other 
demonstrable implications, as far as I'm aware. Hogue, what do you think of the FTVs, FTCs, I assume? It's the Federal Trade Commission, not the Federal Trade Vehicle, but that's fine. Continuing bid to block the Activision Blizzard King deal. Seems like a waste of time at this point. No, I would not view their appeal as a continuing bid to block that deal. What they are trying to do is set legal precedent that gets them further the next time they try to pursue an action against a deal, right? So this particular appeal doesn't unwind that deal. They'd actually have to go through a different legal process to make that happen. This is about defending their stance that the threshold they need to prove is much less than what the district court thinks and trying to get an appeals court to agree with them so that the next time they show up in district court, they can tell that district court judge that, hey, look, the appeals court has said, we only need to prove this much and you need to not be quite as ornery about what you're making us do as you were this last time. And so this is about the future, not the ABK deal, in my opinion. Let's get all the congrats out for Law & Lumber. Absolutely, MZ, hi and congratulations. Party emoji, uh, party face emoji, at Law & Lumber, fabulous news. It is fabulous news. Hoglaw, should being laid off nullify any potential non-compete clauses in contracts of the staff? Well, this might be one of the legal ramifications. So, especially in California and other jurisdictions around the world, non-competition clauses in contracts are void for public policy, that they're deemed to be against the public policy of the jurisdiction. And so, in California, you can't just have a non-compete associated with your employment anyway. But you can, even in California, have a non-competition provision associated with selling your company, right? So, it's allowed because it's a commercial contract term for somebody to say, I agree not to compete with you when you buy my company because it would be unfair to spend all that money and then immediately compete with, with the people whose employment you just attempted to purchase. In this case, I don't think that that's a problem because I think the employees that we're talking about are more like the general counsel and the folks running the DEI initiatives and things like that and aren't going to go off and open their own video game shop. Uh, but should they be immediately voided for being fired? That actually comes up here because they would have been, there, there either wouldn't be non-compete clauses in a California contract or they would have been voided anyway upon leaving, whether it was voluntary or termination. So while I think that's an interesting concept, concept being fired gets you out of a non-compete, in certain cases it can. In California, it isn't actually that interesting of a question. Sorry about that. Hogue, does a layoff round like this really help keep Bungie from losing control if it makes it harder for the next expansion? They need to actually make money. Well, and this is the argument that they're being too short-sighted, right? So if I were Sony, I'd be concerned about firings because you want to make sure that Bungie is still operating as the company that you purchased if that's what you intend at the Sony level. Now, maybe you don't. Uh, but certainly from a short-sighted perspective, you cut costs to the bone right now and maybe it prevents you from making money next year but a lot of the problems that we have in corporate law or just in corporate life is that management can often be incentivized to look at only the short-term solution at the expense of the long-term solution and that might be what's occurring here so we don't know we don't know what's going to happen with the final shape the fact that it got delayed by i think six months is interesting and certainly may be a function of the layoffs or it might not if they weren't actively working on making the game but if it keeps them from losing control, management might say it's still more important. And if we can hit that threshold, ultimately, even by a little bit, 
we can keep control and then we can make everything better with whatever the next thing is. They might just be trying to build a bridge to marathon, right? We don't know. Or they might be being silly. And the people that pay for that silliness are unfortunately the folks uh, within the company. But we can't know without the numbers and looking at the contracts with specifics. And so I would always caution people, since we can't see those specifics, of judging any of this one way or the other, because it could be exactly the opposite of what it looks like from 30,000 feet. Hogue, it's so great to see you healthy and getting back to your form. I'm getting there. I'm very close, I think. Very inspiring. And shout out to co-counsel. Thank you, co-counsel. She makes all of this happen. And I'm very happy right now that the computer is hanging in there to talk to almost 300 of you right now. So I really appreciate it. Question, once Sony fully swallows Bungie and there's a mass exodus of employees at the studio, what would have been the point of spending the $3 billion? Well, whenever you've got a purchase of a creative company, you're worried about everybody just leaving. They don't want to work for new management or there's a culture clash or whatever it might be. Uh, in this case, I think you could argue that what you purchased is the intellectual property of, of Bungie, which would in this case be Destiny, which may not be worth it at the end of the day, especially if they kind of burn all of the boats before they leave. But if they leave and there's a mass exodus, I think Sony would see it as a failure, right? Sometimes the big companies make mistakes, right? This might be a purchase that is ultimately a mistake. We don't know. It might kill Bungie. It might not give anything to Sony. It might just burn $3.6 billion in a fire. Certainly we see money being burned in fires across the business spectrum. You see Disney doing it with the movies that they release of late. You see other companies across the pop culture spectrum and even the more industrial spectrum, the, the folks making ball bearings and lug nuts and things make mistakes. And that can happen even from the most well-run company. And I would, I would doubt that anyone would describe most video game companies as the most well-run. So what would the point be? That would be what the investors were asking at Sony. And it might be why Jim Ryan left. Who knows? Britt says to Law & Lumber, I know people are saying congrats. I will say run, don't do it, LOL. Now, I have met Rob's now fiance, and I will tell you, I'm entirely in favor of this union. Uh, they are a fantastic pair in partnership, and I think this is going to be a winner for them. So I'm, I'm going to side with congrats on this, but I know other folks don't have the same experience as me, and so you have to trust my judgment there. Uh, I think this is going to be great for Rob, and I am super, super happy for him. DS says, Sony literally handed Bungie, Bungie billions. If Bungie fails to meet criteria, Sony should absolutely take more direct control. And that's the thing, right? And I'm often representing the target company. I represent the buyers a lot, and I represent the targets a lot. And I always have to impress upon the clients who are often very emotionally invested in their company that if you accept the bag of money, you are selling them something. A lot of folks think that you can take the bag of money and you can put things in the contract and otherwise prevent anything from happening, any change from occurring the way you operate at all. And I say, that's not really why you're getting the bag of money. And that's not what the, that party is going to want in the long run. So you have to understand that we can write these things in and maybe everything works out perfectly. But at the end of the day, they want to have purchased something. And Sony wants to have purchased something. And if that means that they have to take control of the board, they don't really want to operate at that level. It doesn't look like, but they might have to at the end of all of this. Hogla off topic question. The CMA just opened a potential review of the Microsoft OpenAI partnership. 
We'd love to hear your thoughts as Microsoft owns 49% of OpenAI's for-profit LLC subsidiary. Interesting times. I haven't looked at any of that, but it doesn't surprise me that the various regulatory bodies around the world are interested in what artificial intelligence is going to mean in the future, right? And certainly a company like Microsoft that already has issues, not just with Activision, but with talking about cloud services and server infrastructure and things that we think artificial intelligence is going to need in the future, that the CMA would be interested in potentially coming after them again. They, after all, took a swing at Activision and missed there. And so they're probably interested in taking another swing at Microsoft. So it doesn't surprise me, but I do think that artificial intelligence is still a little bit early to be having regulatory bodies come in and say what the market should be, which is the concern that I always have when these bodies move on these kinds of things, which is especially early on and especially in tech that changes so, so rapidly, you don't want a government body to come in and say, this is the right percentage for Sony to have, for Microsoft to have, for Nintendo to have, and that's how it always should be forever and ever. Uh, we want these things to be uh, seen through creative destruction lens. We want them to be challenged and competing for your eyeballs and your business dollars. And so I think Microsoft owning 49% of OpenAI's profit LLC is interesting. I, I don't think it should be the kind of thing that the CMA stops, blocks, or otherwise impacts. But who knows? We've seen throughout even just the Activision deal that these regulatory bodies are very active right now. They're very aggressive right now. So we'll we'll see. Law number talking to Brett, you should have seen LTWM's response goes like, oh, what are you thinking? And I mean, those with equal sincerity. Yeah, I mean, I understand that too. Marriage, especially as a legal concept in the United States, is an interesting one. Um, and so I think it's worthwhile to consider very, very deeply whether you want to get married. But I think it's a great choice for Rob. Googleman here as he so often is in the BitCast, looking forward to seeing season 11 of the Jeff Keeley show. Will Sam Lake announce DLC? Nobody knows. I got to tell you, it is most definitely the Jeff Keeley show, the host and creator of the Game Awards. And I am very happy that they exist as a centerpiece for the gaming year. I am not very happy that they are in the current form that they are in. And I do wish that they had a more focus on actually celebrating the games as they claim to. Silly Mikey, Hogue Bungie did end up leaving Microsoft, even though they fully owned them at the time. What's stopping them from leaving Sony eventually if they wanted to? About $3 billion. Um, so Bungie bought themselves back from Microsoft, essentially. And this is a part of the Bungie story, right? Even though IGN reports on this as Bungie scrambling and worried about Sony, Bungie has been, uh, let's say, a problem spouse for a number of people uh, that they have worked with over the years. They were owned by Microsoft. They were partners in a joint venture with Activision. They left both of those. They get bought by Sony, and now things aren't going so well with Sony. So this is one of the things I said even when Sony bought them, is that they might ultimately regret it because Bungie doesn't appear to work well with others on these kinds of things. But they could buy themselves back if they found $3.6 billion in the couch cushions or some other amount of money that Sony thinks they're worth. It also takes two to tango to have that transaction occur in any event, which is Sony has to be willing to sell them back. And so it would have to be an attractive deal from their end. We'll see. We'll see. But I think that Bungie is unlikely to find that money to make Sony happy on this. And we'll see what happens in the future. 
Papa Rick, shout outs to the computer staying functional. I feel like we just jinxed it, but yeah, it's going well so far, right? Absolutely. Against the tide, was that when Mrs. Hogue left the hidden note? Oh, yes, it was. Oh, they're talking about when we visited Rob. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sometimes I just pull up questions and they're not really questions. Co-counsel does say many congrats to Rob. All the mischiefs are fabulous. They are. They really are. All right, and I'm going to leave that conversation back over to the chat. And I think we're probably done with questions today, questions and comments. I wanted to have this be a little bit of a lighter episode. But I do think if you go out onto the Internet and you want to argue about Bungie and Sony, note this isn't a hostile takeover. I don't blame Destin for describing it that way. I think a lot of people will colloquially describe this kind of thing as a hostile takeover. But it's not a hostile takeover. It is a condition of a contract that was entered into voluntarily and willingly by Bungie management that may be regretting their decision at this point, but that I don't love from a kind of moral perspective that management is so clinging to its power that it's taking these steps, presumably without a direct benefit to Bungie, solely to keep control of the board. I don't think that's ever a good look for a company. And I hope that Bungie management finds the success in the commercial world with Destiny 2 sales or DLC that they need to not have these negative steps be taken for the employees at Bungie who don't deserve to do, to go through all of this, they're being led by management right now, and it might be off a cliff. So at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of blame to go around. I don't think I would blame Sony much for this. I think Sony tried to get a Bungie that was happy with its independence uh, for what they deemed at the time to be a reasonable amount of money. And the Lightfall expansion to Destiny especially didn't go very well, and now they're in a bit of a pickle. That can happen in creative enterprises. So. With that said, thank you everyone for joining me on Virtual Legality today. I hope you have a wonderful Friday and wonderful weekend. We'll be back next week, hopefully, with a fully functional computer as it stands right now to talk to you more about the law and business of video games, pop culture, and hangouts and headlines. So thank you so much. If you like this content, like, subscribe, hit the buttons that YouTube enjoys so much, and we'll see you on the next episode here on the Hogue Law YouTube channel. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.